Good morning, I'm Chris Venezia, and this is Fordham Conversations. Today, we'll be talking about the New York Yankees, but we're not focused on their place in the standings, the long list of players on the disabled list, or the dynasty days of the late 1990s. Instead, we'll be sharing experiences from Yankees Hope Week, an initiative that has every member of the active squad reach out to help those in the New York community. We'll hear five stories from WFUV's Nolan Silbernagel, Eric Mollo, Kenny Ducey, Nick Legerfo, and Bobby Gubin. They take us through various events that happened each day of Hope Week. But first, WFUV's Kevin Price sat down with the man who started Hope Week five years ago, Yankees Director of Communications and Media Relations, Jason Zillow. What was the inspiration for the Yankees starting Hope Week? We have a, a platform, you know, in my job a lot of times you almost wish you didn't um, because whatever the Yankees do is, uh, is newsworthy. And, you know, the idea is to use this platform for some good and to, to shine some light on um, some remarkable people. Um, their stories worth telling, and uh, the more people um, hear about them, um, the more inspired you almost have to be. What does it mean for the organization to be able to do something like this for an entire week and help you know five different people and honor them? No, it, it means the world to all of us. Um, you know, to be in a position to give back and to make someone's day a little brighter and hopefully change. You know, maybe I'm reaching a little bit, but maybe change the arc of their lives. Um, you know, that's what we intend to do and. You know, it's great because it, it is a team effort. You know, a lot of people obviously see the players out there interacting with the people that we're honoring. But, you know, from the Steinbrenner family to the front office, literally to the grounds crew and the carpenters, you know, it's a group effort. And, you know, it, there's a determination on our end to do good. That was Kevin Price from WFUV talking with the man who started Hope Week, Jason Zillow. I'm your host, Chris Venezia. And this year's Hope Week, ball players lent a hand to an animal rescue organization comforted children with pillows of love, took a stand against bullies, and threw a birthday party for the homeless. The week began with the Yankees reaching out to kids in Queens whose lives were impacted by Superstorm Sandy. Nolan Silbernagel of WFUV Sports was on hand for an event that he describes as terrific. My assignment for uh, the Yankees Hope Week was that I was selected to go down to the Rockaway Beach area, which was absolutely devastated by Hurricane Sandy. But the point of the Yankees being there wasn't so much about the Hurricane Sandy, but about a group that uh, is located down in the Rockaway Beach area. It's called uh, the Rockaway Beach Special Athletics, and uh, it's this program that allows uh, gymnasium time for individuals with special needs. It allows them to uh, play games and hang out with other people with special needs. So when I was there at the event, uh, there was just excitement in the air, and you could tell that they they knew something was going on, the special athletes, but they weren't quite sure that five Major League Baseball players who were about to join them and play games with them and become friends with them. It was a good choice for the Yankees to choose for, for uh, Yankees Hope Week. 17 years ago, Joe Featherston, a physical education teacher at Benjamin Cordozo High School, was asked to coach a group of Special Olympians for a track meet at St. John's University. While at the track meet, he was approached by a group of parents with special needs children. They told Featherston, a Rockaway Beach resident, that the Rockaway community could use a program that provides exercise to individuals with mental disabilities. The physical education teacher reached out to St. Camillus Church in Rockaway Park 
to see if they'd be willing to open their gym once a week for this program and later that year, with eight athletes and six volunteers, Rockaway Beach Special Athletics was born. Like much of the Rockaway area, this program was greatly affected by Hurricane Sandy last October, as Featherston explains. We've been at St. Camillus for the last 17 years, and the uh, storm wiped out that gymnasium, and uh, it's still in the state of being uh, repaired now. When everyone realized it would be months until the gym would be ready, they decided to move over to St. Rose of Lima Grade School a few blocks down the road. Featherston says the program's reunion was a joyful night. That first night when they finally got together again after not seeing each other for a few months, the excitement and the hugs and the kisses and the cheering and everything else, I didn't realize, I really didn't realize how important it was to them, that it was their social network, and for many of them, really their only social network, how much it meant for them to be with their friends. It's because of this type of fun night that Rockaway Beach Special Athletics was chosen by the New York Yankees to be honored on the first day of Hope Week. With the special athletes wearing Yankees Hope Week shirts and sitting in a circle in the gymnasium at St. Rose School, Yankee players Yvonne Nova, Adam Warren, Preston Claiborne, David Adams, Zolo Almonte, and Alberto Gonzalez entered the gym to a roar of applause. Each player went around and gave high fives to all the athletes. And after a brief period of stretching, the Yankee players and the Rockaway athletes were ready to play games. Ivanova shot some hoops with the athletes and said all the running made him tired. I mean, I already did my workout. I'm sweating. That's good because I know that they're having fun and, you know, something that I'm not, not going to forget. But for Nova, getting sweaty is something he will gladly accept to make the kids smile. And for the pitcher, this is his favorite part about being a Yankee. I love the kids. I love the kids. And I have my kids. And you know, making happy it's something that makes me feel a lot more happy than, than what I'm going to feel. For fellow pitcher Adam Warren, playing kickball with the kids did not only bring joy to the special athletes, but brought him back to younger days. Kind of going back to being a kid again, playing you know, kickball you know, in, in, in school and that sort of thing. So just, you know, just having a blast and you know, I think they're having a good time as well. Of course, it wasn't only the Yankees who were having a great time. Patrick Trichler, a special needs athlete and lifelong Yankee fan, cannot believe his luck in having the Bronx Bombers come for a visit. I would never, in my 35 years of life, I would be playing kickball or even my softball with the Yankees. Fellow special athlete Irie Duncan shared that excitement. I'm a big Yankee fan. I like this baseball, kickball, basketball. We have fun. <laughs> that awesome. Pitcher Preston Claiborne had previously participated in Special Olympic events, but he still thinks being able to help out these athletes during Hope Week is different than anything else. It's definitely big, especially for us to come to them. You know, that just shows how much it means to us, and we definitely want to come out here and be with them and where they're comfortable. And It's a special time and it's a special week for all of us, and the camaraderie with all the kids and the, and the volunteers and everybody, and we all come together and just talk and everybody loves baseball so that makes it even easier. When the games were over everyone took a break and enjoyed sandwiches and chips for lunch. As the day came to a close the Yankees presented Joe Featherston and Rockaway Beach Special Athletics a check for $5,000 along with $2,500 to both St. Camillus Church and St. Rose of Lima Grade School. The day was something Featherston thinks the athletes will never forget. The thrill of a lifetime. Who gets an opportunity to get a kickball against Zoilo Valmonte to shoot hoops with Ivan Nova? Come on, you know, phenomenal. For WFUV Sports, I'm Nolan Silvernagel. Next, we'll hear from Eric Mallow of WFUV Sports. 
He was at a special event in New York City on the Upper West Side at the Ronald McDonald House. You walk in, and I'm standing in the lobby, and it looks almost like a hotel. Um, and they let us do a back room, and we waited for a little bit. And then Autumn and her family came in. Autumn Blinn is the one who makes the pillows for the, her organization, Pillows of Love. Um, and her family came in while the Yankees were sitting on the couches waiting for her with her pillows. A pillow is something that you clutch onto, and it's something that helps you feel safe. You think about kids and stuffed animals, or people want to be comfortable. And it started with an idea for her grandfather and making him comfortable during dialysis, and this is what it's turned into. Her just giving a ton of her free time and trying to, to make people happy and, and give them hope. What does it take to give someone hope? The New York Yankees would know. On day two of the fifth year of their Hope Week initiative, the Yankees honored the charitable efforts of 10-year-old Autumn Blinn in her organization, Pillows of Love, by paying her a surprise visit and raising awareness for her project. But it's not like Pillows of Love necessarily needed help. As Autumn explained, it was already a pretty big hit. I made one for myself to start off with, and everybody liked it. And he came home telling me that everyone liked it, and I made some for them. But what the Yankees visit did was give her organization the hope to continue growing. So how does one actually give another person hope? Well, I think it's a three-step process. As Autumn and the Yankees demonstrated on day two, there must be someone in need, a person with courage, and a community to follow and support that courageous leader. Let me take you through day two of Hope Week and show you what I mean. Step one, the person in need. To have hope, you need someone who hasn't lost hope, but needs some support. On this day, that person was Autumn's grandfather, John Santiago who took us through how his granddaughter supported him when he was receiving dialysis treatment. 18 months ago, she made a pillow and uh, I took it to dialysis and uh, showed everyone. You know, everyone was really like, wow, you know, uh, is she selling them? Can I buy one? And we'll be glad to make you one. And it, it took off from there. 300 pillows later, we're still going at it. More importantly for John, though, he needed the love and support of his family members to get through treatment. This is how the idea for Pillows of Love sprouted. Step two, the person with the courage to act. This person was 10-year-old Autumn Blinn. Autumn wanted to support her grandfather by tangibly expressing her affection. And she did so by utilizing one of her newest talents, sewing. She took action, personalizing a pillow and giving it to her grandfather at the hospital. And it soon became popular among other patients. And now, she makes pillows for many others. When a loved one needed hope, Autumn was the provider. But it takes even more than just two people to give hope. And that's where the Yankees come in. Step three, the person with courage needs the support of others. As the saying goes, the first follower is as important as its leader. And the Yankees were Autumn's followers on that day. Joe Girardi, Robinson Cano, David Robertson, Vernon Wells, and Eduardo Nunez surprised Autumn when they met her and her family at the Ronald McDonald House in the Upper East Side to hand out pillows to pediatric cancer patients. The team also donated $5,000 to both Ronald McDonald's and the Faxon St. Luke's Healthcare Center in Utica, New York. Vernon Wells elaborated on the importance of supporting Autumn and these patients as a Yankee. For us, uh and the Yankee organization, it's, it's, it's our pleasure to be a part of it. And I think 
coming here and, and seeing the faces of these kids and the battles that they're going through, I think it starts to, it, it puts things in, in perspective for us. Uh, we have a bad day and it's, it's going over four at the plate. Uh, what they're going through impacts their lives. So uh, for us to be able to be here and, and put a smile on their faces, it's, it's priceless. The Yanks weren't shy to admit how impressed they were by Autumn's project, especially manager Joe Girardi, who talked about how powerful Autumn's efforts were. She's an amazing little girl, and she's quite shy, and I think she's a little, maybe a little bit overwhelmed at the attention that she's getting, but um, you can see how special she is. But the Yankees were leaders in their own right serving as role models for the surrounding community and Major League Baseball. Robinson Cano explained how the organization teaches them about their responsibilities outside of playing baseball. And that, that's unbelievable stories. I mean, you started making for your grandfather, and then all of a sudden they come viewers because he just make it to special people and not, not, not even charge a penny. Just come from the heart and then coming for a 10-year-old girl. I mean, that, that doesn't make sense. This three-step process is cyclical. One person has the courage to act, to lead, and giving another person hope, and others follow. As more people follow, a community is formed. And that's the role the Yankees played on this day and every day of Hope Week. Forming a community, and in this case, giving hope to Autumn and others around her. The team goes beyond the ball field. They give back through Hope Week, a service project of their own, from a model organization for Major League Baseball. For WFUV Sports, I'm Eric Mollo. This is Fordham Conversations on 90.7 FM WFUV. I'm Chris Venezia. Today, we're talking about Yankees Hope Week. It's five straight days of star ball players lending a hand to help those in the New York area. We've heard about the first two days of Hope Week so far, and on the third day, the New York Yankees surprised Pedro Rosario, who runs an organization for homeless cats and dogs. Kenny Ducey of WFUV Sports explains how Rosario had a day with the Yankees he'll never forget. There are all these dogs barking, Pedro's in control, um, running the shelter on this Bronx Street corner um, with his volunteers. And then here come three more volunteers, and, and then the New York Yankees. And, and the look on his face was just r ridiculous. I mean, he was in complete shock. He had no idea this was happening. And the, even the health sake were giving him, you know, hands-on at the shelter was really amazing. Pedro Rosario has devoted the better part of 17 years to making the world a better place for animals. I started in animal control in 1995. Um, I had a love for animals. Um, I actually went to adopt a dog from the city shelter in 1995, and I was offered a job by the shelter manager in the Bronx. I did 16 years with animal control and different titles. You know, I started from Porter all the way to Kennel, adoption representative, you know, animal handler and became the shelter manager. Two years ago, he founded New Beginnings Animal Rescue in the Bronx to take in unwanted, abused, and abandoned pets and find them loving new homes. And on the third day of the Yankees' annual Hope Week, he got a little help from his favorite team, as outfielder Brett Gardner explained. We just went over to, to Pedro's shelter, surprised him. He had no idea we were showing up and, um, you know, checked out his facilities and, uh, and, and played with some of the dogs. We actually, we actually took one of the dogs outside and gave it a bath and dried it off. And... Um, you know, he's, he's got quite a facility there. He's got quite a, quite a few animals that need to be, that need to be adopted and, 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 and are in search and need of a good home. And, um, you know, really just, really just nice to meet him and, and, and see that he's devoted his life to such a great cause. And hopefully we can bring a little bit of awareness to that cause and um, help him out. He, Ichiro Suzuki, and Sean Kelly all made the trip to the shelter Wednesday afternoon to take some of the load off of Pedro's shoulders 
But as Gardner mentioned, Rosario had no idea they were coming. I was shocked. I was shocked. I couldn't like, I couldn't say much. You know, I was like, I was in shock. I didn't expect any of the players to show up out of the facility, especially with so many people and so many media coverage. Since NBAR takes care of as many as 80 dogs and 60 cats at a time. Things like bathing the animals can take a while for Pedro and his staff of volunteers. That's why it was great to have three more helping hands. While Gardner, the owner of a six-year-old golden retriever, enjoyed helping the shelter, no one seemed to be more enthusiastic than Sean Kelly. I love dogs. Um, you know, I saw that obviously each day has its own you know, special thing. and I saw that there was uh, one with animals, and I was like, I got to do that. I got two little dogs. It was like he wanted to adopt one of the dogs. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, I've seen a couple that I would love to take home, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if I should. I might. Uh, I've already got two, so I might might stir it up at home a little bit if I if I bring one home. Well, that didn't end up happening. The love was real with Kelly, and even if he couldn't adopt a pet, spreading awareness about a great shelter like Pedro's was just as important. What Pedro's doing is great, and um, you know, just to be here if it if it brings some attention on him and and get some people to come in and, and take these dogs and find homes for him, then. Uh, you know, it's a good feeling. And to add some steam to the campaign, Rosario and his family made the trip to 161st and River Avenue for the team's game later on against the Royals, baseballs and Sharpies in hand. They watched batting practice and got autographs from Robinson Cano, Travis Hafner, and others, and it was then he was able to reflect on just everything the Yankees had done for his organization. You know how many people follow the Yankees, how many people come to the stadium? It's going to be so many people that's going to know who we are and what we're all about that we're going to be running out of animals soon. So I hope that's our main goal, you know, to get try to get most of those animals out of the cages into perfect home. Pedro closed out the night by throwing out the first pitch and receiving a check worth $10,000. Throughout the night, he was stationed at Gate 4, ready with volunteer and adoption forms. With the Yankees' help, Pedro would like to grow his shelter into something he could only have dreamed of. One might say he even left with a little hope. For WFUV Sports, I'm Kenny Ducey. Now Nick Legerfo of WFUV Sports tells us about a birthday party for 35 homeless kids at a special location. My event was uh, all about this group called Birthday Wishes. And basically what they do is they sponsor birthday parties for homeless kids. So at Yankee Stadium, uh, Birthday Wishes and a bunch of homeless kids from around the area came and had a special birthday party in one of the suites at Yankee Stadium. And uh, it was just a great event to see all the kids hanging out with players and uh, enjoying a bunch of uh, cake and presents. It was just a great event overall. Happy birthday. It's a simple song, really. Just four lines of mostly repetitive words. The song marks a time of celebration, happiness, and joy. Acknowledging a person has grown another year older on their birthday. For kids living in homeless shelters across the country, hearing this simple little song on their birthday is not something taken for granted. And in some cases, celebrating their birthday or even hearing the song is a mere fantasy. That's where Birthday Wishes comes in. An organization founded in 2002 by friends Lisa Vasiloff, Karen Yahara, and Carol Zwanger, Birthday Wishes provides birthday parties for kids living in shelters in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Long Island. Using volunteer workers and community involvement, Birthday Wishes Today serves over 175 shelters, and as founder Lisa Vasiloff explains, 
For her, the reward is twofold. When you're sitting back and watching them during a party, laughing their heads off, just pure joy, you know, you know that they do not experience that very often. But the other side is really the volunteers. I mean, we're a very small staff and we served 19,000 kids last year and all of our parties are run by volunteers. We have kids that come into our office and bringing their own birthday presents to donate. So the people that help us are really remarkable and that I find just as rewarding. Birthday wishes reward so many that it's only fitting that they should receive recognition from the New York Yankees during their fifth annual Hope Week, helping others persevere and excel. On July 11, 2013, the Yankees invited members of the Birthday Wishes organization and 35 homeless kids to the stadium for a birthday party they'll never forget. The day began in the late morning when the kids and volunteers arrived for what they thought was going to be just a free game at Yankee Stadium in the nosebleed section. However, the Yankees had other plans. When the group entered the stadium, they learned they would be getting the unique opportunity to go onto the field and into the Yankees' dugout. The amazement was all over the awestruck kids, including eight-year-old Brianna, who couldn't help but notice how small she felt in the big stadium. Like I, I felt like I was just an ant. Brianna's friend, Hydea, was amazed to see how much different the stadium was in real life than on TV. It's different because on TV it's smaller and you can't really see everything, but in person you can see everything. On the field, the group was greeted by Yankees general partner and vice chairperson, Jennifer Steinbrenner Swindle, daughter of the late George Steinbrenner. We're celebrating all of you and have the most wonderful day and all about you. This today is about you. Enjoy. After a quick walk around the warning track, it was time to see what else the Yanks had in store for the rest of the day. <laughs> Waiting in the suite was none other than CeCe Sabathia, Mariano Rivera, Chris Stewart, Bill Hughes, and David Phelps. Not to mention all the balloons, party food, and of course, birthday cake. Catcher Chris Stewart talked about how special this event was for him. It's nice to be able to get back to the community, um, especially these kids. You know, they, they grew up not, not having much and, you know, we've been so blessed with, you know, our lives and what we've been given uh, throughout our career. It's just nice to give back and just kind of celebrate their day and kind of make it all about them today. During the party, CC Sabathia was helping hand out presents and showed that this event was not only fun for kids. Seeing how, you know, excited they are now and seeing, getting all the gifts and you know, the candy and everything. I mean, it's been a lot of fun. One girl in particular, eight-year-old Faith, embodied the true meaning of the day's events when she received her present. They gave me some new sneakers. I didn't have any sneakers, so they gave me some new ones. The room was filled with happy faces like Faith, whether they were kids, players, or volunteers like Jamie Rapvogel, who is head of the Long Island chapter. I have never had a birthday at Yankee Stadium, no, and I have never been able to, I, I like to make their wishes come true, but their wishes like Baby Alive and a chocolate birthday cake with pink frosting. This to me is, is like uh, every dream that a child could have. The day's events were truly special, and Mariano Rivera, experiencing the last hope week of his career, summed up the day perfectly. If we can put a smile on their face for a moment, I think we did a good job, and uh, that's what it is all about. It's about the kids, it's about making sure that they're okay and uh, make them feel good. The magical experience continued for these kids into the game against the Royals, where the young partygoers got to see Derek Jeter return to the Yankees lineup for the first time this season. And of course, the Yankees won the game. For all the kids involved, it's safe to say their birthday celebration this year will be cherished for years to come. And they'll always remember the time they sang that simple happy birthday song with the New York Yankees.
For WFUV Sports, I'm Nick LaGioca. Finally, Bobby Gubin of WFUV Sports was on hand for the grand finale of this year's Hope Week. On the final day of Hope Week, 500 kids and adults from local summer camps and organizations gathered in the Great Hall of Yankee Stadium to hear a message they will hopefully never forget. Joined by a few Yankee players, such as veteran pitcher Andy Pettit, Kirk Smalley took the microphone to share his story and the meaning behind the anti-bullying initiative, Stand for the Silent. Every seven seconds, a child is being beaten, neglected, humiliated, degraded, abused, picked on, bullied. Nobody likes to get picked on. Yet bullying unfortunately impacts the lives of most of us in some way or another. For 11-year-old Ty Smalley, that impact proved too much. On May 13, 2010, after years of cruel bullying, Ty was provoked into a fight at school. Suspended, he was brought home early by his mother, who had to go back to work. Left alone, 11-year-old Ty Smalley took his own life. Growing up in the small town of Perkins, Oklahoma, Ty Smalley, although small for his age, always had a big smile. Ty always had that big, beautiful smile beaming across his sweet little face. I'll never forget that smile, his laughter, or his stories. He, he had an inner light that, that would brighten even the darkest of rooms. And that light will never truly extinguish because it will always continue to shine. Ty did shine on. Later that summer, a group of local high school students who'd heard Ty's story created an anti-bullying initiative called Stand for the Silent. Ty's parents, Kirk and Laura Smalley, soon took leadership of the campaign, traveling across the U.S. and abroad to share Ty's story and deliver a message of kindness to almost 700,000 students. On the final day of Hope Week, Ty's father Kirk made sure that message found its way into the hearts of 500 kids and adults in the Great Hall of Yankee Stadium. I think maybe it's time that we all learn respect for others, tolerance for differences, and how to be the difference in somebody else's life. On the stage sat Yankee players Andy Pettit, Jabba Chamberlain, Travis Hafner, Boone Logan, Lyle Overbay, and Austin Romine, as well as five empty chairs with five photographs of others who suffered Ty's fate. Even though they're big time ball players now, Andy Pettit and Jobber Chamberlain remember what it's like to get bullied. I was chunky, you know, and they'd call me fat boy. Maybe I, you know, like as a joke, you know, and I kind of, I was good with it. I took it as a joke, and it wasn't a bunch of people. Uh, it was just, you know, this one guy. And, but I, I can remember that I would think about it and be like, you know, man, you know, that's, I hate that nickname. I mean, my name is Jabba and I wore glasses, so you can take those two and run with them. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, there's just, you never forget things like that. Kirk Smalley believes maybe it's time kids did some of the teaching. Guys, take a stand. Show us adults the changes that we got to make how we can do this, how we can get along. Together, Kirk Smalley insists it is possible 
to bring an end to bullying. We have that kind of power. Do you know that? You and me, we have that kind of power. And if we just stand together, we just stick together, and we just keep spreading this message until the whole wide world hears it, that this kind of thing isn't allowed to happen in our world anymore. So as Hope Week came to a close, professional ballplayers and 500 kids spoke in unison, together taking the pledge to stand for the silent. I will not stand by this. So take a stand, because Ty is somebody, and so are you. For WFUV Sports, I'm Bobby Gubin. This has been Fordham Conversations on 90.7 FM WFUV. To hear full interviews from today's show, you can check out our show page on WFUV.org and listen to our weekly podcast. I want to thank WFUV's Nolan Silbernagel, Eric Mollo, Kenny Ducey, Nick Legerfo, and Bobby Gubin for helping me with this piece. I also want to give a special thanks to my producers, Robin Shannon and Bob Ahrens, for helping me put this show together. Stay tuned. Cityscape with George Bedarki is next. I'm Chris Venezia for Fordham Conversations. <laughs>